And so now that work has expanded to TikTok where I'm answering people's relationship questions and, you know, getting to create really viral, fun, interesting content that I'm passionate about. Welcome to Unleashing Your Great Work, a podcast about doing the work that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Kroll, a cognitive psychologist, coach, author of the book, Great Work, and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Every week on this podcast, we're here asking the big questions. What is your great work? How do you find it? And why does it matter whether we do it? What does it actually take to do more of your great work without sacrificing everything else? And how does the world change when more people are doing more of the work that matters the most to them? Stay tuned for answers to these questions and so much more. Welcome, everybody, to Unleashing Your Great Work. I'm really excited today. We have Dr. Kimberly Moffat. She is a leading relationship expert who has studied the ins and outs of romance and has the answers to love's toughest questions. With over 2 million followers on social media, Kimberly's relationship advice is garnered from the latest research, but brought to life in fun and relatable tips. Kimberly achieved her doctorate degree in psychology and has appeared as a relationship expert all over the media and television. She's also the founder of KMA Therapy with five in-person counseling locations in Toronto and a new location opening in New York City in fall of 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Kimberly. Hello. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited that you're here too. So we, you are an interesting person to me. I, you've been interesting to me since the minute you arrived on my radar as, a social, <laughs> as a social media phenomenon and a therapist with a bunch of relationship um, clinics all over Toronto and very soon in New York City. So I'm very interested to the question we always begin this podcast with, which is, can you just tell us a little bit about what your great work is? Well, that's such a big question, Amanda. (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, you you get right down to the root of it. I mean, for me, I'm a creative person Mm -hmm. by nature. And so um, when I was coming out of university, um, well, actually, when I was, I should start from the beginning, when I was in high school... Um, I, I signed a record deal here in Canada. I was a performer and I spent three years touring with a Canadian girl band. So if three you can years? imagine, yes. Wow. So if you can imagine like back in the day of Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake and the Spice Girls, I was in this Canadian kind of like manufactured pop band. No way. I was. What were, and <laughs> <laughs> what were they? What were you called? We were called Untamed and we had a, a couple of big radio singles here in Canada. Um, and so that is really like kind of the start of my life and what kind of got me thinking about um, the brain and music. Mm. And so, you know, while I was having this experience, I mean, I really loved music, but I was curious about how writing songs Mm. could impact our quality of life, you know, how kind of expressing ourselves could make our experiences better. So I started writing a lot of songs. Um, and Mm. eventually when the group disbanded, I ended up doing my master's degree in music therapy because I wanted to study songwriting in local area high schools and how it could impact the teens, um, in those environments. And I've always had a really strong connection with teenagers. I think I went through a lot of experiences as a teen myself, obviously being in the music industry as a teenager, Mm -hmm. um, I went through a lot of experiences. And so I was always really interested in this age group because, you know, if you can remember being 
being a teenager, it was, you know, it's a hard enough time, you know? And now with things like social media and all of the pressures that kids are facing, I think it's just a really tough time to be a teen. So I've always had a really soft spot for this um, group. And Mm -hmm. so anyways, I ended up finishing my master's, started my doctorate in counseling psychology, um, Mm -hmm. became really interested in entrepreneurship um, and the like, but never, never forgot my connection to teens and to music. And so when I finished my doctorate, I started the practice and was really interested in growing it. But on the side, I was like, oh, I have to do something creative. I have to, (laughs) I have to, you know, talk to people. And so I was um, so I started making these little videos in my office. This must've been 2014. So like eight years ago now wow. in between sessions, I would sit down, um, with my couch in the background and a DSLR camera. And I would just start answering people's relationship questions. Mm. And at first I was making videos all about like divorce and how to wow. spice up a long-term relationship, things that were meaningful to me, the couples I was seeing, Yeah, but it became obvious very quickly. You know how they always say, like, you don't choose your audience, your audience yeah. chooses you. Uh-huh. It became really obvious to me very quickly that for whatever reason, teenagers wanted my advice. Like it was just wow. overwhelming. Like it was like all the questions I ever got were like, Kimberly, help me with this love situation that I'm in. So anytime <laughs> I would post like a teenage video or a video about like, you know, reading someone's body language or how to tell someone likes you or attraction or early dating, like these videos would go viral on YouTube. Mm. And, and this is like, if you can imagine 2014, 2015, this was as YouTube was becoming yeah. more popular. Yeah. So I realized really early on, okay, so I was like, I really want to grow my platform and I'm just loving the work that I'm doing. I just feel like I'm making a real difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now that work has expanded to TikTok where I'm answering people's relationship questions and, you know, getting to create really viral, fun, interesting content that I'm passionate about. And so I'm kind of doing that hand in hand with running the therapy practice, but mm-hmm. I do feel like they're tied in. I feel like people want to know um, specific things about relationships and dating, but they don't always want to hear the long version. They want to hear little like psychological tips. And so that is my great work is that I just, um, I just love making viral content and Mm. stuff that really makes a difference in people's lives. And Mm. so that's me. And the, the viral content, you said that, I mean, obviously therapy is the long version, right? Like let's talk about you and your relationships and really kind of dig in and think it through. And so it's the creation of the, the little tips and tricks, the, the relatable, the funny, that's really where you feel like you are most creative. Absolutely. And I think like, for me, it's all about understanding, like, what do people really want to know about? Mm. And I feel like we all feel like we have the answer to that. But when you, um, when you're creating these, um, like for a platform like YouTube or TikTok, it's like, you find out pretty quickly what people actually want to know about. Yeah. And so, and it's, and it's kind of like a hard lesson when you think something's amazing and then you put it out there and like, nobody mm. <laughs> wants to know about it, you know? And so it's, um, and so for me, it's always been about the joy of really finding out like what, you know, what speaks to people, what, yeah. what, what makes people feel something. And yeah. I'm really passionate about that. So, yeah. Yeah. You sound really passionate about it. So has that happened to you or you, where you put your heart and soul into a piece of content and it like landed flat? Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, that's the <laughs> like, joy. You're like I've been doing this for 10 years. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Like sometimes the videos that you think are like the greatest thing in the world just mm. totally fall flat. Nobody likes them or, or maybe they reach a smaller subset of people 
and they really like the content, but it's just not a viral video. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now, where you kind of know what subjects and topics are going to um, reach the masses. And then sometimes you just want to put something out there because, you know, there's a small group of people that will benefit mm. from that. And then I've had other pieces of content that I think are the most hilarious thing in the world. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of one video specifically. I just yeah, tell I me about it. laughing. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even, I can't even, I'll send you a link after this, but it's so, it's so hard to even describe like what it's about. It was about losing my virginity. It was, it was but it was like, it was about how, actually I'll tell you, it's, okay. it was about how all my friends lost their virginity before they were 17. And I, at the age of 17, still thought that it went in like a hot dog, <laughs> but it was, but it was this creative thing where it was like I wasn't actually saying this it was um about you know that song about understanding the assignment like I understood the assignment yeah yes the clip online is like Elle Wood saying actually like I didn't realize we had an assignment (laughs) so that was me like I didn't know we had an assignment so I just died laughing when I thought of this and and made it and then it just totally fell flat on TikTok but then a couple months later we reposted it on Instagram and it went viral so I was like (laughs) see I knew this was funny. Like I knew yeah, we were so, just, it was just for the older, slightly older crowd. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess exactly. Like certain people like, so maybe, and that's the thing about, about viral content too, is that you never know mm. who it's going to land with. And so um, it's all about kind of like the humility of saying, okay, well, I don't know if this is, if this is a hit, but let's see, let's, and ha- let's have fun with it. So. Oh, I love that. So it's interesting. Cause it, it's must, the first thing that came to mind when I was like, what, what's hard about this life? I feel like there are quite a few things that could be challenging uh, living so much of your life online. And at first it was like, well, oh, you're going to create this content. You're going to love it. You're going to put it out and it may not hit, you know, hit people the way you want it to. But really that's, I think maybe a mild way of putting it. Like, do you have people like, do you have haters online? Is that something you had to learn how to live with? Like what's hard about this for you? That's a great question. And yes, I, I think any, creator that's reaching a large number of people has haters Hmm. um so that goes but the thing is like I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it and then how I learned how to cope with it um so my haters started on YouTube this is very normal (laughs) though my brother has haters my brother's a YouTuber as well so they have major haters my brother's gay so of course they have major haters online um that's just part of being on the internet and so um so for me the haters started on YouTube um and and I think at the time because it was like 2014, 2015, it was before, and I was a lot more insecure even at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I really, people would critique things like my education or the way I looked, everything, like literally anything about, oh, <laughs> how can you give me relationship advice? You're not married. And I'm like, well, actually, yes, I am. But like, <laughs> that doesn't matter anyways, you know? <laughs> so just anything people could pick apart. Mm. And I think, you know, for me as a woman mm-hmm. and as a person who has always wanted to please other people and not cause a scene and, um, and do good. You know, this is just totally devastating to see people openly pick you apart. Mm. And so um, I, I learned this the hard way when I had a, like my very first insanely viral video on YouTube um, got a lot of like, anytime it reaches the the masses, you're going to get that kind of hate from anyone. Mm. And so it was almost like this traumatizing week where it was just full of hate comments. And I saw each and every one. And by the end, and I worked through it in, in therapy with my therapist. And basically I came to this conclusion, like, number one, you're going to get haters if you're at that, you know, if you're reaching masses of people, but, but, you know, if someone can love you so much and they don't even know you, then they, they can also hate you mm. so much when they don't even know you. So really it's a bunch of people that don't know you mm. and, and whatever you're doing is 
create, like it's triggering something within them and they're projecting all of, all of that onto you. And that's kind of your role anytime you're in the public eye is that people project all their own stuff onto you. And it doesn't mean anything about you as a person. Right. And so now on TikTok, um, you know, seven, eight years later, you know, I'm a woman who's almost 40 now. I'm turning 40 this year. Congrats. And I thank you. <laughs> I, I feel a lot more comfortable in my skin now. And um, and I, I do feel a lot more at ease saying things that I felt, you know, eight years ago, I would have been so scared to say online. Mm-hmm. But now I think just feeling more confident in who I am and and like in line with my values I'm, I'm, I just have less fear, you know, and mm-hmm. I should, I should knock on wood because, you know, like the, I'm in a place in this moment where I mm-hmm. feel um, more emboldened to say the things that matter to me because I feel that they'll make a difference. So that's how I deal with the hate is just understanding that it, I want more haters now, you know, because mm-hmm. if I, if I get them, it means that I'm reaching a lot of people and that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So the, you want more haters because it means you're reaching more people what is the, what is really the message behind, obviously it's relationship advice and, you know, helping teens feel comfortable with their relationships, but like, what's the message behind the message? Like what, why are you willing to take on all those projections, all that hate, all that love from people who don't know you? Like what's the transformation that you're hoping to make with your work? That's, you're asking amazing questions. I can tell you're a psychologist. (laughs) Incredible. I am officially. I love that. Um, So for me, it's interesting because if you looked at my relationship advice on the surface level, you might say, okay, well, this is some very traditional advice. It's not really traditional, but you know what I mean? Like um, tips for a relationship kind of surface level, but underneath you know, I'm a really hardcore feminist. Mm -hmm. And I think when you, when you watch a lot of my stuff, you'll realize like, actually like, you know, she's, she is really gunning for um, women to have empowerment when it comes to their relationships, to be able to, you know, not just understand the behavior of other people, but be able to be active players in their relationship lives and not just passive Mm. recipients, the way that women were portrayed in the past. And so I think that by learning, even if it's like quick little tips about relationships or how to make something happen in your love life, in your relationship life. I think for women, that's very empowering to have mm-hmm. those skills and those tools, even if it's something as simple as how to give an amazing hug. <laughs> so, you know, and so for me, um, uh, I have a, a big mission in life and I feel like I'm not even close to that mission yet. You know, I have a lot, a lot of work to do in the future um, mm-hmm. because my passion is women's reproductive health, education, and employment. Mm-hmm. And I know we, we have a long way to go when it comes to equality. And for me, I see this as part of that in educating women, but then mm-hmm. I have some massive goals in terms of actually um, making a difference on a grander scale. And so um, this is kind of, it feels like the start of that for me. That's exciting. I really... I really like what you're saying and I'm, I'm like processing it in my mind in, in real time. The idea of like, if you like a, this Trojan horse of relationship advice and like how to give a good hug. And like, I did watch some of your content. I, don't, I, <laughs> I signed up for TikTok So I could look you at did. I That's did. Awesome. Like, <laughs> one more person on TikTok. Love um, it. And it's interesting to think of it as like, if one of the things that comes to mind is like, if we can speak openly about what we want 
as women, that's a huge step forward. Cause like you mm-hmm. said, we're very, we're sort of trained to be very passive. Well, someday somebody will like me and then I will have been chosen yes. and then I will be able to be in a relation, relationship with them. Exactly. And because then that's I will what work every girl's as far dream as I is. can hold on. What were you saying? That's what every girl's dream is, right? That's what we've seen right. in the Disney fairy tales. Right. Please pick me so I can matter. Exactly. Yeah. And I like the idea of like, first of all, can we talk about it? Like, can we make, and then can I give you a little agency to add intention and force into the creation of it? How much are you talking about in your content? I don't know how well this would play on TikTok because I have no idea about TikTok, but like, (laughs) you know, like getting over relationships or relationships with their girlfriends, or is it, is it usually heterosexual females interested in boys like how like what kind of what's the space the breadth of your content so I try to I mean obviously um I think it's important that we acknowledge all types of relationships so usually I won't put a gender spin on it sometimes sometimes the title will be just for SEO purposes but then like Mm -hmm. all of the tips are kind of like more inclusive yeah Um, so for example I just did a video on I don't know if you saw this one um how to know if you're good in bed that's a little more risque. Like I don't usually go that direction, but I, I had this one that was really popular on how to kiss and then how to give a good hug. And they were so simple. And I never thought they'd go viral. Those were just ones I did because people were asking. And so I said, I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we did one about how to be good in bed, but, but not like, Oh, this technique or that technique, but rather how to be a good listener, how to express mm-hmm. what you want. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that, and, and how to create a safe zone and things like that. And so, um, So if you watch that video, it's really, so instead of saying, oh, if you're the woman, if you're the man, if you're the dominant, if you're the submissive, it's really using terms like if you're the person taking the lead, if you're the person Uh, who's not taking the lead. And so that can kind of apply to any type of relationship. And I think that's important because, um, because it's important to acknowledge everyone. Yeah. Interesting. So that is pretty risque for teenagers. So do you get a lot of pushback from the adults who are very concerned about the teenagers and like they shouldn't be in bed? Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, you've got to check out the Great Work Community. The Great Work Community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together. Come on over for co-working, accountability, coaching, and just-in-time courses. Check out the Great Work Community. The link is in the show notes. No, I mean, there's a couple of comments on that type of thing, but it's, it's not like I said, Hey teens, listen up. <laughs> like, you know, oh, okay. Is, so you is, know, it, is it obvious that it's really directed at teenagers or is it like, this is relationship advice and it just happens to be teens that absolutely. Find yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just relation. So now on TikTok, my content is a lot like, whereas YouTube, it was very like in those days, it was very obvious that it was the teenagers who were on YouTube. Um, now mm-hmm. as I've grown up, I think a lot of my followers have kind of grown with me. Oh, and yeah. so, so some of the, the girls who watched me back when they were 13 are now like buying their first home or getting married. And so, wow. yeah, I know. And, and one of them actually like invited me to her wedding, which I <gasps> thought was really, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really wild. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, and, and I think TikTok is a really cool environment that everyone's on. So I, so now I'm just making stuff that's meaningful to me and, oh, um, and, you know, sometimes a teenager might get that on their for you page. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not against that, honestly, because I do think it's better to have an education. Um, you know, if they can always scroll away if they don't like it, but if they are interested, I w- would way rather them get that information in like a safe educational way than, you know, not know anything or get it from sure. a friend. <laughs> like, so, right. uh, so I hope I'm doing good in that sense. 
Yeah. Fascinating. So I want to, I want to bring back the idea of you as a musician, right? So doing the, doing the stuff when you were a teenager, have, do you also sing on your, do you ever sing or do you play an instrument also? So I sing and play the piano Um, and I'm, I've been working on some music actually for the last six months or so. Um, And I'm, I'm planning to release some stuff in September on my TikTok. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. So So how do you feel about that? I feel excited. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I've been wanting to do it for a while, um, but I needed to find the right producer. Like Mm -hmm. finding a good producer in music is very challenging. um, And you have to get, basically it's like, it's not just about finding the producer. It's like them agreeing to work with you because producers are like in high demand and they can only work with a certain number of artists per year. But because I had some connections from before, um, I was really lucky that I ended up, um, I'm working with one of the most amazing producers in Canada. His name is Ryan Stewart and Tavish Crow. I write with as well, who wrote Call Me Maybe. Mm, um, no so, kidding. Yeah, so they're incredible. They're in Vancouver and I've been going there back and forth for the last six months. Um, mm-hmm. So my music is more like a pop EDM style. And I'm and I, and yesterday I posted a video on TikTok um, kind of, I've been sharing with people, oh, this is what I used to do as like a Canadian, um, like a teenage singer back in the day. Um, and so that's been kind of fun for me sharing a little bit about my past life and, um, and, you know, I'm just excited to share what I've created, you know, it's not for anything other than just the joy of that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds, I mean, it was, sounds like it was a really big part of your transition from your teenage years to your adulthood. Like music was like the, it was almost the medium of it. It sounds like if you went, you know, from being a musician to being a music therapist to now how you are now. So it has to feel kind of like a little bit of a homecoming for you. It does. That, wow. You are so insightful. I'm like, you're really, like, you're definitely like you, I feel like you know me already. And you know, this is our first really deep kind of conversation, but yeah, it really does. And I mean, when you're uh, a musician growing up, um, at least for me, mm. music is like quite literally all I ever did from the mm. time I was like born. Like I, I grew up only doing music ever Mm. and basically training like I was bred to do that so by the time I was 17 and got signed um, or 18 like I was right around that age it was like that's what I you know was like trained to do and and I did that you know and so that's kind of all I ever knew for my entire life And so moving into another field was really scary and, but I was ready for that. You know, I Mm -hmm. I wanted to have an education and stuff, but, um, but for me, it's people are like, Oh, aren't you scared to do that? I'm like, no, like for me, this is just, this is just what I do. It's a part of me. I can't change that. You know? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Did you write all the songs yourself? I wrote them with Ryan and Tav. Oh my God. So, Oh my God. That's going to be so great. Yes. And a lot of them are driven from personal experience and, you know, those heartbreaks and all, <laughs> all of those like juicy things that we go through. And I've been through a lot of that. So, um, so yeah, it's very personal, very, um, I, I'd say like stuff that every girl has been through. Yeah. Or guy, you know, human, human, everything, every human has been through. For sure. Oh, I love it. So, you know, looking out across your history, all the way from, you know, preparing for, and then getting that big break and then building this massive psychotherapy practice. um, What do you feel like has been the biggest struggle you've had to overcome to do all of this? Oh my goodness. I have, I have so many struggles, Amanda. (laughs) There's a lot. I mean, as entrepreneurs, I think you're almost 
forced to struggle on a daily basis because you're being presented with so many challenges. And I think you, you really have to um, dig deep down and grow or get out, you know? And Uh so um, I think I've had to mature quite a bit. You know, I wasn't very mature when I started the business. I was, you know, I was a teenage pop star. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I was, I wasn't used to dealing with challenges like that. And I had to learn it all very quickly. So it was, I had a lot of really um, eye-opening moments and and hard knocks when I started out. Um, In that pop star phase? No, I mean, well, not just then, but like, I mean, when I got into the real world and had when to you start moved like out hiring the- people and, oh, and yeah. understanding like how business worked and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. a total amateur. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, part of part of the, one of the biggest challenges I think with running the business and growing the business was learning how to work with people um, and not just work with them, but um, to be able to lead people right. and, and say, um, here's what I expect of you. And here's how we're going to work together and to encourage those people and help them be their best selves. Um, and I had no idea how to do any of that. And I feel like I'm still learning. that. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I learned was, um, you know, everybody has a different leadership style and a different, qual- different qualities about them that make them special and that can help them lead. And I think for a really long time, I always thought that I had to be a strict like kind of leader. And that's mm-hmm. because by nature, I'm very accommodating. And I always, want people to be happy and I want to please them. And when I first started, I was giving away, like I was basically just like a very wishy-washy leader mm. and, uh, and, and people would kind of walk all over me, but then I'd get mad about it, but then I had mm-hmm. let it happen. So I was really, I didn't know what I was doing and I had to take some leadership courses. And, um, and now I feel more confident in my ability to lead, but not just to lead um, in general, because there's not one style. It's more about how to use who you are and recognize that no matter who you are, no matter what qualities you have, you can be a leader too. And it's more about how you talk to people and like how you use what's inside of you to kind of rally the troops and like have a mission together that you're trying to achieve. And Mm so that was one of the biggest challenges was like, I lost, I would lose myself in different methods or with different advisors and things. And I'd forget who I was and, Mm. um, and just, I'd forget to just be me. And now Mm. I'm a little bit more like in my skin about that. Mm. So So what did you learn? Like what insight, what couple of insights really, when you sort of accepted them or allowed them to be true or learned them about yourself really helped you sort of settle into your personal leadership style? Um, Well, like, first of all, I'm a very flowery person. Mm. So I use flowery language. Um, I get really excited um, I use a lot of gestures and I'm just mm-hmm. excitable. You know, that's just me. I mean, you can tell even by listening <laughs> to me right now, um, but that's I like me, it. you know, and I do TikToks and I have funny nails and things like yeah. that. But, but like, I think that for me, I cannot be anyone else, but who I am. And if somebody does come to work for me and says, oh, I really don't respect that. Well, then you know what, that they're not the right fit for my company. And mm-hmm. I think that was big. It's not like, you're just never going to please anyone just the same way as on TikTok or YouTube, you're really never going to please everyone. Mm-hmm. So find the people that do appreciate those things about you and hire those people. Cause they're right. going to, they're the ones that are going to um, connect with you and you can build that mission and achieve that mission together. Yeah. So that because- was one of them. Yeah. Yes. And I want to hear another one too, but I want to just comment on that because unlike TikTok and YouTube, where you have Mm -hmm. no control in the afterlife of your content, right? You create the content, you put it out there with a pure heart and an effort to help or be funny or whatever. And then it has a life of its own with its, with its, you know, consumers, right? It's Mm -hmm. exciting. It's receiving the projections, it's informing, whatever. 
you don't have any control over that. Whereas with your business, you only need what, like you have five offices and maybe five or six therapists in each office or something, right? So 30, 50 people and the hand choosing those people that really, really, I think resonating with your image, not with your image, sorry, with your vision Mm -hmm. is really so important. So hiring the right people who really will respect what you're bringing yeah, to the table absolutely. is important. That really feels right. Okay. What's your, yeah. do you have one more? Um, so you mean like a learning in terms of yeah. leadership or about, yeah. about you, who yeah. are you? And that made you your, made you a great leader. Cause oh. you must be a great leader because you are growing. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, okay. So, well, I don't know if this is like a, a, a fact about me, but there was one really prominent experience that I had early on, maybe like, I want to say maybe eight years ago or something, but another therapist was copying me. Hmm. And, and like, since then a lot of, you know, this has happened a lot, but this was like the first time it really happened. And they copied my website, my logo, like had a picture of themselves, like on their site, wow. in the exact same outfit. Like it was super like, wow, that's copy. creepy. I know all the copy was the same. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and at the time I remember this, like occupying a lot of space in my head yeah. and being really bent up over it. I was like, oh, how could this person copy me? Like I spent <laughs> my own time and creativity creating this thing. Like, how could someone do that? And I was I think for so long, like this ended up, um, it ended up being this whole long drawn out thing where I had to end up, I didn't want to, but I ended up submitting a complaint and then she got disciplined and it was a really big kind Mm. of ordeal. Um, But I allowed this experience to take up so much space Mm -hmm. in my head. Um, And I realized there was a really like key moment in, in all of that, that I realized, wow, I really never again want to spend my energy like worrying about what someone else is going to do because it really zaps your creativity. And if you are a truly creative person who is piercing the universe with ideas, Ooh, I like the that are, phrase. <laughs> you are always going to be like, you have to stay on your own plane, you know, and yeah. you're always going to be one step ahead of anyone copying you. So instead of like mm. focusing on what they're doing, because who honestly cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, really like, spend that time honing your own creativity and continuing to push the bar like hmm. forward. And so, uh, so now I, I just don't get hung up on that stuff anymore because I, it was too valuable. Uh, like I really, like I really suffered because of that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm, uh, it was a really, really good lesson for me to learn that like, mm. no, don't listen to what anyone else is. There's no such thing as competition. Just go your own path and do mm. the best you can. And just interesting. Just, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's interesting because your stories, they, they sort of circle the same theme. So it feels to me like you've learned and learned again. Like, you know, I don't know if you have maybe your career creative person. So you probably have the um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Oh, of course. Are you familiar with that? I love that, of course. <laughs> One of my favorite metaphors from that book is that personal development is like a mountain and you're going around and around the same damn mountain. You're just <laughs> seeing it from different viewpoints as you work your way up right? Yeah. And it feels like you're like, at least in the stories you've told so much of it is about, you know, wanting to like trying to show up to, to serve a purpose and then getting caught in a hook of somebody else's experience of your effort and then learning, I can't be, you know, hooked into or held responsible to, or, you know, like 
constantly examining other people's perspectives on what I'm doing. Totally. And then you sort of unhook from it and then you go around and then you're back at the mountain again. And now it's about someone stealing your IP. <laughs> and what does that mean? And I'm like around the mountain and it's like, okay, now, you know, the more eyes, the more, and you really, it's almost like you're on a, in a Buddhist temple or something like the social media version of a Buddhist temple. Cause slowly <laughs> but surely, right. You're losing your attachment. Right. And you're just piercing the universe with your ideas and allowing it to be what it is after that. And somehow maintaining your core and staying who you are and deep, more deeply discovering who you are. That's such a beautiful experience to hear about. That was so profound. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to see what happens this fall. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to have to get better at TikTok so that I can go over there and check it out. Will you release it on Apple Music too? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll release it everywhere. Okay. Um but I'll probably I'll probably like sneak peek it on TikTok first. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll find my way onto TikTok. That's so amazing. Awesome. So okay, so we've heard where you've come from. Where do you, and your music is coming out this um fall, but you mentioned this sort of bigger vision. Can you give us just a a little clue? into sort of where, like what the North Star is, like, where do you hope to head over the long term? Yeah, well, it's it's such a big question. And I, I don't know, I honestly don't know how it will materialize yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I want to impact millions of girls, um, yeah. girls and guys and women, you know what I mean? But like, but Humans. girls, this is where my focus is because I had such a hard time as a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's my core audience is girls. So um, mm-hmm. I know I want to impact millions of girls, um, maybe billions. Yeah. Um, and um, I want to do that through being able to relate to their experiences. So I do, I do see like live performances mm-hmm. or live events in my yes. future. Um, mm-hmm. But then like, this is, and this is like really far in the future. So like the really, really far stuff is that, um, I want to, (laughs) I want to do some philanthropy around birth control for women. Yes. Research and research into birth control, um, and period products. Mm -hmm. Um, so, because I just feel like there just hasn't been enough research and there's just not a lot of great options for period products. Um, uh, and, and birth control for women and not just in terms of products, but education as well. And, and I think especially with what's going on in the US right now um, with Roe v. Wade and, and all of the, the different things we're seeing around yeah. the world, I think um, for me as a very feminist woman, I think it's like, if we can't control what's happening in terms of regulations or laws, well, we can control education and what we do with that. Um, so I think that, you know, with birth control, especially it's like, okay, there's never been a better time to understand like what our options are and have those in place. So I think, um, you know, a big vision would be having some kind of programs or resources for women to not just get education, but have their birth control implemented, um, Mm -hmm. in in a positive way and starting from young, if they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that safe kind of environment. So this is like, I, I know that that sounds very like not tangible yet. Um, but that's that what sounded very about. tangible. Very okay. tangible. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I feel like it is a great, like it sort of adds a layer of texture to everything else that you're doing. That's really, really interesting. Thank I you. love it. And I mean, not for nothing, you're actually already touching millions of lives. Oh, so. <laughs> so you did it. 
So now, yes. So now it's like, how do you build on that and actually use that platform to really, I think you're right, address an area that has been kind of not exactly taboo as much as it is like, as though we've already figured it out, but it's Mm -hmm. really, really not that figured out. Oh no, yeah. like not even close. Right. right. Cause it, all the researches have been men. So, like, yeah. right. and so right. I, I was even talking to my doctor the other day about birth control. And I said, well, give me some better options. And she's like, you're, that's it. Like, you're not going to like any of the other options. <laughs> I was like, well, surely this can't be it. You know, and I like, know you think about how medical <laughs> research is done and it's like, everybody complains about, and they're right. But, you know, there's a big complaint that rare cancers don't get enough research dollars, right? Breast cancer has been massively researched because so many people get breast cancer and now you have a very high survival rate for breast cancer, but rare blood cancers, there is nothing you can do about some of mm-hmm. them, right? But every single woman has a period. Exactly. <laughs> like that can't be the reason you can't be like, well, but there's just, no, there's a massive constituency, tons of money. Like what is the problem? Exactly. Right? It has to be something patriarchal. Like there's no totally. other, but oh, it doesn't matter because they should just be having babies. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, I'll climb down off my soapbox now <laughs> um, and say, thank you so much for coming. And I bet that lots of people are really just fascinated by what they're hearing and want to go check out this TikTok. And you're also on Instagram and still on YouTube. Yeah, still on YouTube, but I okay. don't post. Okay. I haven't posted a long form video in a while just because like I'm so into the short form content right now, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, how can we, how can they get to know you? Where, where's the best place to come and find you and learn about you? Well, if you want to uh, learn about relationships and dating and get to know me a little better, the best place would be TikTok. So okay. my my handle there is ask underscore Kimberly. Love it. Um, but if you are somebody who's interested in therapy, who is maybe dealing with like a mental health concern or uh, any kind of issue in your life and you want to talk to someone, our my web- website for my business is kmatherapy.com. And mm-hmm. you can go on there. Um, we have intake sessions where you can meet with an intake specialist and they can refer you the best match within our practice. Um, Mm -hmm. We take that really seriously. So right now we work with anyone in Ontario online. And as of the fall, we'll be able to work with all of New York state online. Love it. Very, very cool. Thank you so much for your time. I really, I learned a lot about you and about your whole world. So I really appreciate your time. Well, it's an honor. Thank you so much, Amanda, for having me. Thanks for listening today to Unleashing Your Great Work. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And make sure you check out my book, Great Work, Do What Matters Most, without sacrificing everything else. It's available everywhere you get books. See you next time on Unleashing Your Great Work.